0: Hello, everyone. This is Art Gelwicks, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Being Productive. Now, each episode, we explore concepts, techniques, and tools that will help you work less and accomplish more. Now, since we're trying to be efficient as well as effective, let's go ahead and get started. Hey there, it's Art. I'm going to do something a little different today. Uh, Carl Pullen, who's a great mind in the productivity space, released a YouTube video recently called Busting the Worst Productivity Tips. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow along with his video and give you my take on the productivity tips that he is targeting as ones that are dubious in their value. So, As we go through this, first, I recommend you go to his YouTube channel, you find the video. Um, It is called just busting the worst productivity tips. But then work your way through the stages. And as he says in the beginning of his video, I will say the same thing here. Just because somebody says that a productivity tip isn't worth doing, and you can't see me doing air quotes, but that's what it is, doesn't mean that it won't work for you. All of these need to have your own personal evaluation, your own personal quantification as to the impact that they'll have on your productivity. So take everything with a grain of salt. This will be just my opinion and my thoughts on each of these items. So the first thing that Carl tackles is the idea of the two-minute rule. And in many productivity methodologies, the two-minute rule will creep up. In a nutshell, it's if something can be done in two minutes, go ahead and do it rather than deferring it to later. Now, he does bring up a very valid point. If let's say, for example, you're looking at your email inbox and you have 80 emails that may have come in, that's 160 minutes of time that you're talking about just to tackle those things. So yeah, there is certainly a, a measure of reasonability that needs to be applied to that. However, I have found for myself that there's many cases where I will use the statement, I'm going to go ahead and do it because it's on my mind and just get an action done, get a task done because that's what popped up for the primary reason that I know if I don't do it right then while it is front of mind, the odds are very good that it's going to get lost completely. I'm going to forget about it. It's going to get mixed into the shuffle of other activities. It'll be superseded by something else, and it'll literally just fall through the cracks. So while I don't advocate using the entire entirety of what you have to do as related to the two-minute rule, I do say that there is a lot of value to to, to use the phrase, striking while the iron's hot. If something is front of mind right then, go. if you have the opportunity, you have the two minutes that you can do it without disrupting everything else, then go ahead and do it and get it done and get it off your list. Not only do you have that item taken care of, but you also have that sense of accomplishment that you're able to move forward with. The next topic, Carl tackles is this idea of it's bad to check your email first thing in the morning. And I can understand that for some people, it could very well derail your entire day because depending on your work cycle, depending on how your email is coming in, you may have things showing up that All of a sudden you realize you've got 25 emails that come in and mentally you're going to go, well, maybe I just need to address these first before I do the things I was planning. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily a good idea, though, to ignore that work input stream that is your email. What is important is to be able to put a threshold on it for yourself to say, I'm going to look through all the unreads that have come in from the last time I checked, and that should be part of your scheduled routine. And only those emails that meet a very specific criteria, ones that terribly bad things will happen if they are not addressed within, say, the next hour or so, those are the ones that I would have to tackle right away. Otherwise, I'm just literally getting a mental mind or a landscape laid out of the work that has come in through my inbox. It's important to me individually to have that kind of level set to make sure that there are no landmines sitting in my inbox waiting to go off. And I can then proceed with my morning review and my planning with the confidence that whatever I lay out has a relative chance of success of staying together as a plan. So the next item is this concept of snoozing email. And I'll admit, I completely forgot this was a feature in most applications. Uh, This is not something I've ever used. I have never intentionally gone in, taken an email that I have received, opened it and decided, no, I want to get this email again at a later date and time. I fail to see the practical value of that. I could probably talk myself into saying that there's a value because it's basically giving you an opportunity to clean out that inbox, knowing that this will come back. But there's two problems I have with that. One, you're introducing yet again in the future not only a reminder or a prompt for an email, but when this comes in the future, that notification that says, hey, you have a new email, you have no indication as to whether it is truly a new email or one that you have snoozed in the past. That to me just seems to be a self-defeating prophecy. prophecy. The other part of it, and this the snoozing part really just kind of boggles my mind a little, is you're not actually doing anything with the email. That delay that you're introducing could easily be handled by flagging the email, by creating a task item to address it later on, any number of better options than just saying, send this to me again. And where this really falls apart for me is now you are trusting the email system to resend you that email or re- bu- you know, bubble it back up in X number of days? Well, what happens if it doesn't? What if you have a technical problem and that email doesn't come back? It's no different than if you had opened it and immediately deleted it. So the concept of snoozing an email... While it's a feature, and I'm sure some people may have very justifiable reasons to doing this, I think there are far better alternative ways to handle those emails that you're going to defer to a later date rather than having the system literally resend them to you. We all get enough email. We don't need to send ourselves the same email over and over again. The last one Carl talks about is this idea of micromanaging your calendar or what I like to call tiling your calendar. And that's when you literally take every block of time in your calendar and they are butted one up against the other. So you have this fully saturated calendar. For some people, it it looks like you're being highly productive. It almost feels like you're being highly productive because you look at that calendar and everything's full and... Work should be happening. But we all know how that goes off the rails so quickly. Something that you've allocated 15 minutes to goes to 25 minutes. Now everything's pushed out of sequence. Now everything has to scoot down and you can spend half of your time just jockeying your calendar around. So there are a couple of tricks that I use when I block time in my calendar, specifically because when I block time in my calendar, It's extracting that time from being available for people to reach out to me and say, hey, I wanna talk to you on something, I need to connect to you on something. And I use an automatic scheduling tool that interfaces with my calendar. So controlling my calendar itself is very important. And if I block the entire thing solid, then there's really no opportunity to have those interactions. And I need to have those slots available for people to actually be able to engage. So one of the things that I will traditionally do is, one, I don't tile my calendar. I will take chunks out of the time period and say this block of time, this hour and a half, this three-hour time period is going to be for this type of work or work for this client, for example, which is great. That makes it easy for me to focus on a specific Set of work without being too highly detailed. The second thing that I do consistently is I will put buffers before and after calendar events. So I never place two calendar events one on top of the other. There's always a minimum of a 15-minute buffer between two calendar events. The reason being is not so much the fact that I need that 15-minute buffer, although often I do. It's a good break time period, especially if you're working in, say, 30-minute blocks. You're creating a virtual Pomodoro type of structure. It's slightly modified from the traditional one, but it gives you the opportunity to spin down whatever you were doing and then spin up the next thing that you're going to be doing. But that 15-minute buffer or whatever time period buffer that you decide gives you what in project management circles is slack time between tasks that allows a task to grow slightly beyond its scoped time period and not alter the schedule of the next thing on your calendar. So those kinds of steps make calendar management much easier. This, this idea that you need to fully block out your calendars. I agree with Carl on this. It just means that the people who are doing that probably don't understand the true nature of time blocking and how you can use it effectively and the structure that it creates. And keep in mind, all of these things, The intention is to minimize the amount of anxiety and stress that's generated in managing the work that you need to accomplish. Because as I always say, and is part and parcel with Gelwick's Tech, our tagline is very simple. Work less to accomplish more. Well, if you're working more to manage your email, to manage your daily review, to manage your calendar you're not accomplishing more, you're accomplishing less. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen. If you found this episode useful, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. It's a quick step for you, but it means a lot to us and goes a long way to helping us help others. Also, if you have ideas for future episodes or topics you'd like us to explore, drop us a line over at Gelwick's Tech so that we can make this podcast even more useful for you.